Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of All Queued Up, your review podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, etc., etc. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Maya Don Fisher. How you? How's your week been? Uh, well, the week's been good for the most part. I did finish Horizon Forbidden West. Um, 100% completed it. Uh, took me about 104, 105 hours roughly uh, to get to find every possible thing, scan every possible variant of every possible machine, uh, unlock all pieces of legendary armor, uh, weapons, upgraded them fully. Uh, I can one hit kill the hardest enemies in the game. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, of course, watch the things that we're supposed to watch for this week. Um, was supposed to go see Batman, but uh, the person I was supposed to go see it with ended up not being able to go for whatever reason, and then they tested positive for COVID yesterday. Dodge a bullet like um, Neo over here. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely, definitely uh, glad that didn't happen. Still want to see Batman, but it was just like, okay, uh, Misty's agreed to take me, so hopefully we can go see it this Friday, um, you know, but other than that, oh yeah, the shower's on the fritz, <laughs> so uh, I just want to wash my ass, I just want to wash my ass and not feel gross, because I haven't had a shower in a few days, ooh, she's not showered in a few days, people, uh, there, there, there's no hot water to the shower, there, there's hot water to the kitchen sink, there's hot water to the bathroom sink, like scalding hot. Shower? No. No hot water there. And it turns out there is a uh, cold water flow regulator uh, that is, it's, it's no good and it needs to be replaced. And the local lumber supply store and hardware store here in town didn't have one. And the apartment complex's maintenance guy is going to try to get one at the uh, Lowe's Home Improvement Store in the town where he lives today after he goes gets off work and goes home. And then try to attempt to replace it tomorrow. And if that doesn't resolve it, then we have to resort to a plumber. Uh, which, it's not our financial obligation. And, you know, the apartment complex right. has to pay for that. But it just sucks that it might be another day or two days before I can take a shower. And well, I mean I could take one, but it'd be a cold one. And fuck that. Right. It was 34 degrees this morning. Um fuck that. Yeah, it's yeah. anyway, other than that, my week's been pretty good. Um what about yours? How's your week? Been? Uh it's it's been fine. Um nothing nothing too noteworthy. Um just a lot of work and then off and on trying to play Horizon Forbidden West. Um, I just I pulled up because I want to see how many hours I have into it. But I was also noticing on how often I save the fucking game. And I was like, oh, I, I feel like I save it a lot less than that. But it's um, it's the quick saves. that I was the auto saves I was looking at. And it auto saves mm-hmm. like every two minutes. So Yeah, it auto saves a lot. Yeah. 
Um, because like I'll save it at every fucking bonfire I find, like period or campfire yeah. or whatever. He'll... Yeah. Um. So you know that's that's a thing, but no, I have uh, fourteen and a half hours into it. So oh. I'm doing I'm doing strictly story. I don't know if okay. I've expressed that earlier, but yeah, I don't. Nine times out of ten, when I play a single player game, I try to play it on easy and just get the story because that's what's entertaining to me. Unless I'm like really, really, really into. Oh, pardon me. The um the world and playing it. So like, uh, Spider Man, I completed everything, one hundred percent of it, because I enjoyed it so much. And then and then Miles Morales was the same thing, even though that was a lot shorter. But like, and then I'll listen to everything. But for the most part, I just play story because I'm I'm not a completionist by any stretch of the imagination. And if I'm missing details on something, um, I'll usually listen to the person that did put those hours in. A.K.A. me in this instance. Because I think I've talked about it. Like I had arguments about Mass Effect with people who didn't pay attention like I paid attention. Yeah. Because I put an absurd amount of hours into Mass Effect. Not even an absurd amount of hours, just an absurd amount of attention. Because I didn't, I like, I fucked up in that game a lot. And that the reason was because I didn't complete 100%. It. I did not go to every single planet in Mass Effect 2. Like, every, yeah. but like, uh, insane. Insane amount of hours some people put into that and still didn't pick up the information I picked up. But, um, it's like, it's like if somebody says, this this doesn't this thing doesn't make sense in the in in the, in the game the game that we're both playing, and then the other person says, "Well, it does if you listen to this person say this thing at this point in the game." You should probably listen to that person. Just saying. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which is what I've done with Maya, because I'm like I didn't like I pay attention to the main story. Um, there are parts of the game that I will not pay attention to that closely because I just don't fucking care. Uh, for example, the first of the three choices you can make to get the thing, you have to deal with a um, a whole tribe's like problem. Yeah, and for the most part, I did not give a fuck. Oh. I'll kind of explain it when we're done streaming, so I don't spoil it. But like, no, I, I, I know what you're alluding to. I just the game goes. Here's the problem. The earth is fucked. Solve that problem. And I go, great. But along your way, there's these teeny tiny problems you have to solve. And I'm like, ah, fucking. Do you see my do you see the issue that I take with a little bit of it? It's like, yeah, what you need's here, and I'll give you access to that, but you gotta do this for me first. The one in Vegas made sense. That one made sense. For a number of reasons. Um, and the third one makes sense too. Uh, mm -hmm. It's that first one that I was like, uh. No, I get you. But that, you know, them's the breaks, I guess. Um, but anyway, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying the game. It's a lot of fun. I'll sometimes stop if there's like a bunch of enemies to fight just because it's kind of fun to fight enemies. Oh, yeah. But uh, especially Scorchers, it made you audibly uh, scream a little bit, and you tweeted a little poop may have came out. <laughs> Dude, I fully thought it was still on the other side of that rock. Like, 
100% thought it was still there. I drop out of that menu and it's in my face. Like if 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 I had a headset connected, you would have heard me go, "Oh!" <laughs> like fucking legit scared the shit out of me. By the way, go to Sharp Rock Geek on Twitter or at Sharp Rock Geek on Twitter and you can see that clip. I posted a couple from the new uh, mode and fall guys and a few other things. I just posted one as the recording of this that I found a little little glitch, little little problem. It was funny to me though. Um, no, but I I, I got what? to see Batman. I what's up? What, what was the glitch? Oh, oh, I see that you fell through the floor. Yep. <laughs> ah, wow. That's wow. Walking, yeah, walking into the fucking fob. And you're in the you're in the ether there. Yeah, the abyss. Uh so you did get to see Batman. Yes, yes, yes. I, I yeah, I got to see it with my buddy and and his kids, and uh, we all thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it's I hate to sound hyperbolous, but it is legitimately the best on screen Batman we've had to date. It beats out uh, the first like Michael Keaton one. It beats out Dark Knight in my mind. Like it's it's fucking fantastic. Is it any kind of Batman you've seen before? No. It's way, way, way more grounded of a Batman. It would be hard to put this Batman in the same world with Superman and Wonder Woman and shit like that. It'd be difficult for a lot of reasons. And you'll see what I mean when you see the movie if you haven't yet. But it's because of how grounded it is. It just wouldn't make sense. But but that's also why I liked it. And I can't wait to see more of that particular universe. That particular Batman universe that that Matt Reeves is creating. Uh, and and for anyone who's on the fence about uh, Robert Pattinson as like a good Batman, sh- put that shit back in your ass. He fucking Ew. kills it. He Ew. fucking kills it. So well, I never had a doubt that he would. I was one of the people who were saying he's gonna rock in, in this role. I uh, kept telling people. Roll. I kept telling people. If you're concerned about him playing Batman, that tells me how little of his work you've seen uh, after Twilight. That legitimately tells me how little of his work you've seen after Twilight. Yep. A role in which he hated, by the way. I don't blame him for doing it, though. I'm sure he got paid fat stacks of cash. Yeah. He's doing better than any of us. Well, it's funny because most Twilight out there listening, <laughs> most Twilight fans are probably also Harry Potter fans, and they completely forget that he killed it as Sidri Duggery. But no, let's fucking focus on the fact he was a twinkly vampire in a fucking trilogy of movies. Drives me nuts. People drive me fucking bananas. Oh, the fucking gay cowboy is gonna be Joker, and now who's one of the top Jokers of all time? Fuck off. Anyway, angry Greg. Uh, People have dumb opinions before. So we're going to review two things today. (laughs) Uh, We're going to be talking about episode five and six of The Marvelous Miss Maisel and The Boys Presents Diabolical. Both you can find on Amazon Prime. Uh, We're going to start off with uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel. So, um, yeah, episode five and six. Uh, I watched them when they aired. Or not aired, but dropped. 
So I'm a little fuzzy on exactly what happens in the episodes. In a, a lot. A lot does happen. But I'm trying to focus on like what happens. Okay, well, I've actually got a synopsis pulled up of each That's, episode here on Wikipedia. Uh, episode 5, How to Chew Quietly and Influence People. That's right. Um, Susie interviews potential secretaries. May agrees finally to meet Joel's parents and then cancels. Um, Midge and Susie attend Sha Baldwin's wedding reception because, remember, they got the invites uh, to be there at the wedding and they couldn't figure out why. Uh, Abe's lawyer assures Abe and Asher there's no federal case against them. Oh, wait, I skipped one. Never mind, that was last episode. Uh, Midge, Midge causes, yeah. Mitch causes minor mayhem, then privately confronts Shy, who was unaware that his PR staff was the ones that invited her. He didn't know why she was there. And they had their fucking, all right, let's have this come together meeting and see what's what. And for a minute, you know, it seemed like that they were going to try to patch things up, you know, and repair what she thought was a friendship. But she also says no. You were never my friend. I realize that now. Good luck to you. And he's like, I really do miss your brisket. And she's like, I'll send your wife the recipe. Uh, this whole thing was put on because it's a new management team. That's right. That that has taken over his career and they're handling his career. They fired his best friend who was his manager before. Fired I, the original band. Yes. Can I tell you how I think... Shy Baldwin's story is going to end. How? Really, really, really fucking sad. That's how I think it's going to go, too. Yeah. I think that Shy is extremely unhappy right now. And being that unhappy is going to lead to depression. Um, and, and he's going to feel trapped. And he's going to see no other way out. Yep. And um, it's going to be a fucking devastating moment in that show. I think you're possibly rats uh because when you know the, the it turns out the pr team they were trying to, they hired or hired they invited midge and Susie there to attempt to pay them off for in exchange for their silence which she had already given him her word that she would never speak to anybody about it and hadn't up to that point and Susie, and, by the way fucking like having to turn down thousands of dollars which would have been fucking... hundreds. It would have been $1,200 for her because it, she gets 10% and they offered a maximum of $12,000. And this is also like 1960 money. So it's the, the, the yeah. economy hasn't taken a shit yet. Well, it did at one, one point and now it's. Let's anyway. see what that would be in current dollars inflation calculator. So 1960. Uh, the a dollar in 1960 is worth 950 today, so twelve thousand dollars times 9.5. God, damn. it's 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 113,978 dollars 92 cents. That's a lot of fucking money. Susie For somebody get, in their positions, that's a lot of yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. Susie uh, 
getting her 10%, that would be the equivalent of today someone getting $11,397.89. For, yeah, so, for, her, for, her, for her company that she's trying to get off the ground, that would have been a big thing. That would have been big for her. I mean, that would cover expenses for six months, I'd say, for her at the yeah. time. You know? Yeah. So, so. It, but it was, but it was very funny watching her have to turn that down. Like it was like this super important scene to the, to, to Midge's, you know, character and stuff like that. And like, you have that comedy part of like, you're <laughs> just like, no, like 5,000 would go a long way, Midge. No, no, no. We don't even want five. <laughs> so fucking funny. It's like 8,000. Oh, that's a new Cadillac. And, you know, all the hats you could buy. No, fuck your 8,000. We don't want it. <laughs> and they're like 10,000. She's like, 10,000. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Oh, she's great. Uh, let's see. Uh, a very wealthy man uh, by the name of Solomon Melamed hires Rose, Midge's mother, as a matchmaker oh, yeah. for his two never married 30 something daughters. That's also going to end very badly. Uh-huh. Um, Rose found that Midge works at a strip club due to the matchbooks she found in her match, you know, just this bowl that she had on her dresser. And then starts snooping through her shit and finds, you know, this locked box. And she opens it up and finds all these newspaper clippings uh, from the journalist, you know, writing about her. And she goes down to the burlesque club where Midge is working and watches her sets multiple times throughout the night. And just seeing her at a burlesque show, watching all this go on. And they're like, the waitress comes up to her, what do you have to drink? She's like, water. It's a two-drink minimum. I still want a water. And two sherries, please. <laughs> I was like, there's no way Rose is going to order alcohol in this situation. Like, she's going to want to fucking be a little bit more relaxed because of what she's witnessing. And and her sensibilities and Abe's sensibilities would be very upset to find that out. And that's kind of what happened there. So I'm waiting for it. Like, because in, in, in these episodes, Abe doesn't find out. He does. He still doesn't know as far as I yeah. know. No, he doesn't know yet. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else happened in this episode. Um Susie agrees to help Sophie Lennon revive her career and gets her booked on a nationally televised Gordon Ford show, uh, which is an evening talk show similar to like Johnny Carson, uh, Jay Leno, Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. David Letterman, etc. Um, Sophie wins the audience's sympathy during Ford's interview about her breakdown, and she later sends lavish gifts to entice Susie to continue being her manager. Susie hires Donna as her secretary because she goes back to her office, remember, and it's late at night. It's like 1030 at night. And this girl's just sitting there waiting. Susie's like, what are you doing here? She's like, I'm here for the interview for the secretary position. You're four o'clock. She's like, four o'clock. You've been here since four o'clock. Well, actually, 330. I wanted to be early. She's like, fuck it. You're hired. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> 
I thought she's there was like, going to be. What about a the other girls? He's like, you can. T-, she said, you can tell all the other girls they didn't get the job. <laughs> so I thought there was going to be a joke towards the end of this episode um, that the secretary chewed loudly, the one that she hired, because yeah. there was there was a whole conversation that Susie had with um, Fred. She called Fred, Fred at the deli, the stage deli. Yeah, and, and one of his big things was like, make sure that whoever you hire doesn't chew loudly, because if you're going to be in the same space with them for extended periods of time, you don't want to have to deal with that. And I thought there was going to be some kind of funny joke at the end where like she finds out she chews loudly, but they didn't do that. They didn't do that at all. They were like, no, oh. she just happens to bring more and more kids to work with her each day that we see in the second episode that we watched. Yeah, uh, but the at, at the now here's at the end of the fifth episode. We see Midge was riding home in a taxi after her night of work at the the strip club. And she tells her taxi driver to stop, and she gets out and runs down the sidewalk. And you can't see what she's running to or who. But you see the first thing in the sixth episode. You see a very, very hungover and disoriented Lenny Bruce wake up in Ethan's room. Uh Apparently, Lenny was passed out drunk in the street. Midge found him and brought him home. And that led to a very awkward uh, situation for him. And, you know, I think it put some, uh, it added some friction to their friendship that she was never anticipating. Yeah. Yeah, she 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 full and expected him to be cool about it and to not act that, that way. And when he did, um, she was completely thrown off. Uh, she she thought it was rude and was was very upset by him, just kind of acting very um, not insensitive, but God, very ungrateful. Yeah, and it was because, and it wasn't because like. He was he wasn't that he was ungrateful, he just found it to be odd. And this is gonna play into who Lenny Bruce was towards the end of his life. Yeah, very much so. Um it's the, another sad thing that's gonna happen to Midge <laughs> either in these next two episodes or the or the fucking next season. Because we know that next season's the last season. Yeah, we know well, he didn't die. This is just nineteen sixty. He died in nineteen sixty-six. Uh but yeah, he was only forty. Uh huh. I found, by the way, on a side note, I found out that uh, you know everyone knows about uh, Notorious B.I.G. getting shot and dying, like it was big news, as a huge thing. No fucking clue that he was twenty four. Never knew that. Oh, twenty four. Yeah. Tupac was only twenty seven. Good lord. I thought they were older. Mm-mm. Damn. Yeah, because today the day today as of recording this, uh March 9th was the day he was killed. So uh, wow. Uh, yeah. It's also the three year anniversary of my friends Jason and Bethany and the anniversary of the last day I wore pants. And my little brother's birthday. Oh wow. Yeah. So it was funny. It was funny the other day because um, our friend Jason, you know Jason, uh, the one that runs the Secret Santa, 
uh, he and Bethany, they got married on March 9th, three years ago. And it was funny because last Wednesday or Thursday, he went to see Batman. I think he went to an early screening on a Wednesday, actually. And one of our friends is like, hey, why don't you take me? He's like, it was my anniversary and I wanted to spend it with my wife. I was like, I thought your anniversary was the ninth. He's like, how the fuck did you remember that? I was like, because you made me wear pants. You made me wear pants to your wedding. And I remember the day. That was the first time I had worn pants since 1998. <laughs> you made me wear pants. That's funny. I love that that's how you remember it is just because you had to wear pants. Yes. Oh shit. Um. Well, back to uh, Miss Maisel. Uh, oh, yes. Put your fucking phone down. I know the state yes, of play. Your phone fucking Sony state of play is happening right now, and I can't watch it. So. Oh. Watch it later. <clears throat> I All right. So. Uh, they have their so, yeah. confrontation. Lenny, yeah, Lenny and Mitch right. have their confrontation. He leaves. She's very upset over his behavior. Um, you see Susie. Uh, she calls up Joel and books her magician at his club. Sight unseen. Yeah. Sight unseen. Like, he works free for the first night. If you like him, you book him for a month. And that was the deal. The amount of fucking patience that Joel has in this entire show. I wish I had a modicum of that. That man puts up with so much shit. Yeah, he does. Like He's a good character. Because right now he's dealing with the fact that he knows his mom is not going to be all about him dating a Chinese girl. Even though he's in love with her, it doesn't matter to his mom. And I know mothers like that. I've met mothers like that. They just, they can't wrap their head around it. And and that's what's oh, going to happen. My mother was like that. Oh, that's it terrible. was. My mother is still like that. That's terrible. Um, I can't tell you the amount of times that Misty has come home from my mother's crying. I can't. I can't. And it, I'd just be infuriated. Like when we only lived a mile from her. And she'd watch Madison after school. Misty would go get her after school. And Misty would come home crying, you know, in that five-minute span. I'm like, what the fuck happened? What did she say? And she'd never tell me because she didn't want to get a fight started. It's so ridiculous, but... It is. It is. So, yeah. So, he's dealing with that. He's, you know, he's still dealing with, uh, you know, he has to deal with Midge because they have kids together. Um He's dealing with his mother constantly trying to set him up with another woman, to which he finds a workaround on that. He just tells them that he's dating a girl. Um, and then uh, he's trying to run the club, which, you know, is is he's he's in, in a way butting heads with the, the, you know, his girlfriend's fucking parents because they own the place technically and he's renting it out. But he's being he's too successful. On top of that, he's got fucking Susie showing up from time to time asking for help with Midge. Or in this case, hey, you know, put my fucking magician on your stage, sight unseen. It's like how this guy has, you know, doesn't have just straight gray hair at this point is beyond me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I really enjoy his character, though, how his character oh, love has his grown. Character. Uh, you know, uh, it starts out in the beginning. You know, he 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 did a, such a scumbag thing. 
but yeah. he's he's really grown from that and he's really trying hard and it's like you know you want to see everybody in this show has their flaws but you want to see them succeed at whatever it is they do that's what makes it such a good show is you have a series of characters that are deeply flawed they all have their problems they all have issues they have to overcome and um and when you see them overcome that you you celebrate it um i think the 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 scene in episode one with them on the uh ferris wheel yeah was only successful because we've had so much time with them we've had three whole seasons with all those characters we've grown to to love them essentially and to see that situation only exemplifies how much we give a shit about these characters. Yeah. I don't think that scene would have come off as well as if it were say the second or third episode of the first season. Absolutely. 100%. You would have just been like, okay, that was a pretty outlandish, crazy scene. But. Because even, even though, even though uh, 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 Miriam is the main character of the show, she is the center focus. Mm-hmm. Like all the characters now have their own path that they're taking. They all exactly. have their own direction that their story is going, and like I love that there are characters in each of their lives that characters that I love, but we don't spend as much time on them because they aren't necessary. We have. Uh, Miriam, Susie, uh, Abe, Rose, Joel. Am I missing one? Mm, I mean, that's they're pretty much that's pretty much the five mains. Yeah, they're the focus. I mean, because and then we have also Joel's parents who are hilarious and they pop mm-hmm. in from time to time. We have a bunch of characters in Susie's life. We have Lenny Bruce have Lenny and Shy Baldwin. Yeah. Yeah, so we have all those characters and stuff, and they're great. They're like when they show up, like I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, that's awesome. I remember when I like we saw Lenny Bruce for the first time in the season, and I got all fucking super excited. So, but um, yeah, one of the things about like especially this episode, episode six, seeing Lenny Bruce in that state, you know, harkens back to me of 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 a bunch of stories that I hear about comics about comedians. Stand-up comedians specific. The people that make you laugh are probably the ones hurting the most on the inside. Um, this is a common thread amongst comedians. Mm-hmm. Uh, depression and anxiety is a real issue, and usually drugs and alcohol are the solution. And usually it catches up. Uh not every comedian is like this. This isn't like a one-to-one situation, obviously, but Lenny exemplifies that. He is a core tenant of that motif, if you will. And watching that happen in real time on the show, it was it was very disheartening in a good yeah. way. I don't think you're meant to be like, no, this is just interesting. I'm just going to casually watch this. No, you you feel for Lenny, or at least you're supposed to if you if you have any kind of semblance of a soul. But 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's how I saw it. I was, I was like, yeah, there's the funny bit of of Abe and Rose just kind of casually talking to him, and he is super confused. Like that was funny. Yeah, but the fact that Miriam fucking scraped his ass off the side of the street, the fact he had no recollection of how he got into that the the kid's bed, like that's sad. <laughs> Zelda's standing there demanding his pants and he's just like, where are my fucking shoes? You can't have my pants. And then when he's on the street, there's somebody gives him shit about his pants not being all nice and everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know. And I think the thing that, you know, also makes the show so interesting is just the constant state of stress that like each character has to go through, but it's a different kind of stress. So one of the best things about this show that I, I fucking love is the different directions. The stress takes the characters. So we were talking about Joel's stresses. He has a lot of stresses in his life, but he seems always oh, got a new one now. Yeah, he does. Uh, yeah, he does. Um, a big one. Uh, and then, and then, like Miriam and Susie have their different types of stresses, right? They have real stresses, real problems, but they're so diametric, diametrically different than one another's problems that when Miriam starts to complain to Susie about her stresses, Susie is like, "Please shut your fucking mouth. What you're saying is not important." Because to Susie's stresses, Miriam's problems aren't important. And then, yeah. and then you got like Rose and Abe stresses, and those are very not important to the other characters. And it's just super fucking fun to watch because you you get that dichotomy dichotomy from the different characters. Like I don't know, the show's expertly fucking written. So I I, I love the um, the uh, invitation. She gets that she gets that note slipped under her door and it's this wonderfully, beautifully engraved, lavish, looks like an invitation. It just says one word on it. Stop. Uh And she's like, what does that mean? You know, stop what she, she's confused. And then she gets invited to this luncheon and she's like, Oh, this is very prestigious. I'm, I'm a small businesswoman. I'm going to a luncheon and it's, established new york matchmakers you know these 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 old uh these old ladies that have been doing this for years and years and they're like your cup your cut your unwanted competition cutting into our business and you stop oh well what if i don't stop you know we invited you here to be civil we could have just you know made you go away <laughs> they're yeah. like implying that they would have her killed right 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 but uh, but even but in there that, are like, some. Go ahead. I was like, even in that in that instance, the threat came off as a little empty, in relation to every other character's problems, and yeah. But to Rose, it was a very very real threat. So, it's, absolutely, it's it's fun. It's a really fucking fun show. Um. So the, yeah, the thing we were yeah, I don't know if we want to talk about the rest of six because I kind of cut you off, but no, no, uh, there there's more things that happen in six that are even bigger than the things we mentioned. 
um, that you really just need to watch. It's very fucking good. We don't want to yeah, spoil everything. Yeah. It's it's one of those shows that like does a really good job at balancing comedy and, and humor. Um, like one minute you're legitimately tearing up because of a scene, and then immediately follows up with one of the funniest fucking things you've ever seen. Uh, I think we kind of talked about that last week with the Jackie's funeral, and then Abe getting fucking roasted in the synagogue. Yeah. Like completely different fucking feels for each scene. Yet we were dying. Like I was fucking cracking up. It was so fucking funny. Oh, it so, was. But but yeah, uh well, why don't we go ahead and uh final thoughts and grade and then we'll move on to diabolical. Uh yeah. Uh well, you know how Midge always has this problem, she can't seem to get out of her own fucking way. Boy, does that come to a fucking head at the end of episode six? Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, everybody, you need to check it out. Uh, it's a great show. Uh, if you watch the latest episodes, uh, as of the publishing of this, the final two episodes will be out. We'll be watching them next week. Uh, this show just gets better and better. You know, I give these two episodes an A. Plus. Um, yeah, hundred uh, percent. I, I, again, it's it's rare for a show to like completely keep my attention, uh, to the point where I just put my phone down. I don't even like because I, I I have really bad ADD. So if I'm watching something and it and my brain starts to wander and I have to pick up my phone to keep it focused, that's a problem. Um, the show doesn't do that, ever. Like, I'm so focused on what these characters are doing, so I keep bugging the crap out of my parents to watch it because they've they never have seen it. No. Oh my god. They'll be sitting there downstairs going, What do we watch tonight? I don't know. Well, let's see what's on. Let's see, let's let's check the services. And I'm like, Mar- Marvelous Miss Maisel. And they're just like, Oh, Greg. I'm like, Mar- watch Marvelous Miss Maisel. So we'll get there. We'll get there one day. You should you should actually go downstairs, turn on the first episode when they're both in the living room. Just turn on the first episode and say, Watch this. And leave the room, take the remote. What I'm legitimately thinking of doing is uh, one of these days when there's not a lot going on and they're both downstairs and it's like, and like I would come home and be like, you want to watch some TikToks or something like that? Like I have a huge selection of TikToks and it's like a two hour block of our time just like laughing at dumb videos. I think I'm going to do it then. Yeah. Yeah. Because I got hooked on the first episode, but I feel like two would be really good. No, I agree. Well, um, before we start talking about the boys' diabolical, we wanted to make a little announcement here uh, today. Um, Absolutely. We, as All Queued Up, have joined a network of podcasts called the Nerdvana Network. Uh, And it's it's basically an organization of podcasts that are working together to promote each other build each other up, grow our audiences, and we invite you to, uh, as our listeners, to check out the Nerdvana Network and the shows that are affiliated with it, Uh, one being the Nerds of Spoken podcast, uh, headed up by my friend Jason, Uh, well, our friend Jason, uh, but he did make me wear pants at his wedding, so. Um, What a a jerk. I know, I know. Um. 
another one is MPSP Theater uh, 2.0. Uh, it's back with three of the original cast members, Nick, Sam, and Russ. That's a show I was a part of for a very long time. Um, they're back on Saturday nights on their own channel on uh, YouTube. Uh, then there's also the Voice of Chaos podcast with our friend Tim K from Germany. Uh, you know, and there's there's several others, uh, but we're we're happy to be affiliated with this. You know, we're getting in on the ground floor, so to speak, uh, and just trying to uh, help each other out. So, what we'll probably be doing from here uh, for for the foreseeable future is in between our reviews of shows and our discussions of shows is promoting uh, the Nerdvana Network, you know, each week. Uh, or a show, you know, on the network, you know, bring up a topic of discussion or something, you know, bullet points. We'll see how it goes. But, yeah, we're excited to be a part of it and, you know, looking forward to bigger things. Yeah, Um also, uh, we're going to be running either us talking about it or uh, audio ads in between the shows that we review. Yeah. So get prepared for that. That's going to be fun. But yeah, thank you, everybody at the Nirvana Network. Thank you, Jason, for uh, inviting us in. And us it was Jason, it. And Nick, Jason and Nick both uh, actually extended the invite. Okay. You, I yeah. mean, you, text, you just texted me about it, and I was like, don't yeah. do it. So. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited. Like, it's going to be fun. Be fun. Um, all right. Well, boys diabolical. Yeah, boys diabolical. Um, so it is a anthology series, uh, eight episodes long, uh, about each about 12 to 15 minutes, give or take, mm -hmm. somewhere in there. Uh, but what's great about it is it's all written and directed and animated by different groups of people, and each animation has a different style to it. So I think we'll run down each one and kind of give our thoughts and then move on. Uh, so we're not, you know, stuck on the, you know, on the whole topic for too long. So yeah, the, the first episode is called Laser Babies Day Out, uh, written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, and it's in the style of an American animated short, kind of like. Um, it, it, honestly, it's straight up Animaniacs style Steven Spielberg yeah. '90s animation. Yeah, the the what the idea behind it reminded me of was. Um, there are old uh, Mr. Magoo episodes where he's just blindly walking and getting really lucky with obstacles in his way. And you have someone trying to stop him who's getting hit by obstacles. And, and um, they kind of took that idea, but the baby has laser eyes and can kill people. Um, uh, there's nothing really to say too much about this. It's just, I'd say the first half of the episode, it looks relatively wholesome. And then the second half is full on rated R gore. It's hilarious. Uh, Absolutely hilarious. And that's the thing. Uh, if you're familiar with the boys, this, this show does not shy away from the gore. Uh, diabolical, these animated shorts. They get full-on graphic with the gore, and it's fucking to hilarious effect. Yeah, like, if if you are, like, at the point where you're like, hey, maybe the boys is too much for my kids, this this cartoon series is too much for your kids. Straight up. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I know a lot of people who are like, oh, I watch the boys with my kids. I'm like, then watch fucking Diabolical with your kids. Uh, I'm going to give Laser, Laser, Laser Babies Day out an A. I thought the animation was top-notch. I love that 
there are there are not very many voices in it. Like it's mostly just no laughing. voices. Yeah, it's just some noises, you know, grunts, uh, grunts, grunts, and like maniacal laughter. Okay. Yeah, but no spoken dialogue. No spoken dialogue. But what would you? What's your grade? Uh, I'd give it a B. A B. Okay. Yeah. Um, the second episode is called "An Animated Short Where Pissed Off Soups Kill Their Parents," uh, written by uh, Justin Roiland and Ben Bay- Bayuth. Um, and it's 100% Justin Roiland's aesthetic. It's it's uh, it looks like fucking Rick and Morty, 100%. Um, just FYI, but uh, it stars uh, like Gray Griffin, Caleb McLaughlin, who plays um, oh, the hell's this character's name in, in Stranger Things? Oh, uh, Lucas. Lucas. Right, plays Lucas. Uh, you have uh, Parker Simmons, Ben Schwartz, Kevin Smith, uh, Eugene Merman. Christian Slater, Keenan Thompson, Gary yeah. Anthony Williams. I mean, of course, Justin Roiland's in it. He's going to do a voice. But um, the general idea behind the episode is that there is a facility where the kids who get Compound V put into their system when they're babies, the powers that they get when they get older aren't conducive to being a superhero or a functioning product of society. So they're basically put into this horror a money making ability like Vought loves to cash in on. That yeah, that yes, yes, thank you. I should have said that more so because that's that's the theme. Um they uh some of the powers are fucking hilarious. Like there's a guy who can turn into any animal, but he it's mind and body. So he turns into a gorilla and he starts acting like a gorilla. Yeah. Uh, uh what was the one guy called? Tit face. I thought it was booby. I like oh, Bobby, booby but face. booby. Yeah, yeah, booby face. Uh, voiced he, by Kevin Smith, by the way. He had a pair of boobs coming from each eyelid. Or a pair of tits just, on his face. Uh, yeah, just uh, just a, uh, completely obscured any of his vision. Uh, uh, there was there was. Uh, let me look up. There was there was Aqua who could just turn into water. That's it. He couldn't. He could just turn into water. <laughs> That's it. he couldn't control it. Uh, God, it was so fucking funny though. But the Let's the basic see if plot. It's got the names of their fucking characters in here. Yeah, I was like, well, you're looking for that. I'll, I'll finish. Yeah, the there plot, was. So. Yeah, Agua Agua. That was actually Miguel from the Karate Kid uh, Cobra Kai series. Okay. <laughs> and Caleb McLaughlin did uh, Mo Slow. The slow motion guy. Him? Oh my god! So before you read those off, the the the, the plot is that these kids find out that Vought made Compound V, and that parents would intentionally take money from Vought to get Compound V into their kids, so that way they can make maybe money off their kids in the future or some of that effect. And once their kids were shown to not have uh, uh, money making abilities, these kids were just pawned off. And finding this out, they go on a journey to find their parents and kill them. Um, and some of the deaths are really fucking fun. Like, absolutely, my favorite one was was Moslo killing his dad. Yeah, he's so like, "What are you? What are you trying to do?" And he's like, slowly putting his hands around his throat to choke him. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, um. Kill you're what? You're what are you trying to do to me? You're trying to 
Oh, you're trying to kill me? What? Why are you? God, I was I was fucking cracking up with that. Like, there's so many funny bits where, uh, I don't remember which character it was, but one of the kids has uh, his name is Flashback, and he's able to look at somebody's like past history or something to that effect. And he's like, he's like, well, what do these parents do? They seem they seem fine. And it was like they killed puppies or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah, oh, they, that's right. They made him like a fucking disgusting looking coat out of puppies. And yeah, uh, and they were like, kill these motherfuckers. And like, I don't remember which character it was, but he just pulls out a gun and shoots him. <laughs> like it was unceremonious as fuck. It was so fucking funny. And there was one character I can't remember what his code name was, but it's basically his power was he had like the heat of lava in his testicles and could burn yeah. you with them. <laughs> I think his name was Balls of Fire, if I'm not mistaken. It may have been. I'm not finding anything uh, for uh, uh, a listing. There was Human Tongue, who was just a large tongue. That was it. Uh, but yeah, so so the whole episode is basically that. Like, there's the ending bit is really funny because um, the main, I guess, the main character you could say is Ghost, and she can't eat she can't feel anything she's just a ghost so think of like danny phantom's powers without any of the powers he can she's just a ghost and um she goes to kill her dad but like she kind of possesses most low but not really she's just basically in the position so that way she can like slowly kill her dad and it's the knife going slowly into his fucking cheek. Oh my God, dude. It was so fucking funny. And through the other side of the mouth oh, and cutting man. off his tongue. And, yeah. Visceral. But in the process of this, the, you know, the Vought police show up and the, and, and of course Homelander's there and he lasers all of them with just takes care of them all. And she's, you know, she's left alone. So she's plotting her revenge, I guess at the end of the episode, but they don't really go too much into it. She's just there. But, uh, that was, that was one of the funniest episodes. I'm going to give that one. I'm gonna give that one an A plus. It was one of, I think it was one of the funniest ones by far. I think it was funnier than laser baby's day. I'll give it an A. Okay. Uh, the next one is called I'm your pusher written by Garth Ennis and is in the style of the boys comics. Now I want to make it very clear. This episode is not even kind of canon to the show. This is canon to the comics. Why? Because Billy Butcher looks like Billy Butcher from the comics. Huey, or Wee Huey in the comics, looks like Simon Pegg. So guess who voiced Wee Huey in this short? Simon fucking Pegg. And he looks like, he does not look like uh, the actor who plays Jack Huey right Quaid. Now. He does not look like Jack Quaid. He fucking full on looks like the comic book version, which looks like a younger J, uh, uh, Simon Pegg. The second I saw him pop on screen, I paused it and then did that thing that Prime does where you can see who voices who. And I immediately took a fucking picture and sent it to you. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. But even Homelander and Queen Maeve, and then there's uh, the Jupiter guy. I can't remember his name. The Jupiter guy exists in the comics only. He doesn't exist in the show. Oh, okay. Like, that's why I was like, this entire episode is an animated bit from the fucking comic. I was so fucking stoked, dude. Like, I was incredibly happy to see that. And it was fully written by Garth Ennis. Yeah. Who wrote, who wrote the fucking... I was oh, dude. Like, straight the fuck up, A-plus on that episode. I'm just gonna... Oh, up. absolutely. It was my favorite episode out of all of them. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, like... uh 
And the stars in it, by the way, are uh, Kimberly Brooks, uh, Macaulay Culkin, or no, Kieran Culkin. Kieran, my bad. Kieran Culkin. Kieran Culkin. Uh, Michael Sarah. Jason yeah, uh, Isaacs is Billy Butcher. Yeah. Um, Simon Pegg, as we said earlier, Mike, uh, Kevin Michael Richardson, Anthony Starr is there as Homelander. I fucking did. McElligot is Queen Maeve. It was so fucking good. Like, oh, what it was about is uh, basically oh, yeah. Butcher confronts uh, this drug dealer who goes by the name of OD, who deals directly to Vault Soups, and he blackmails them into giving the seven a taste of their own medicine, essentially. Yeah. And the way it played out was glorious. Yeah, I don't want to ruin the ending of the episode itself because it's something you got to see, and it's a little surprising too. So, but it's. It's 100% what happens in the comics. Like, one of the big things about the comics is that, the, is that, is that Butcher goes, like, he plays the long con all the time. Uh, that's less of a thing in the show. I'm not saying that he's not in the show. But in the comics, it's a bit different how Butcher handles his shit. Yeah. And so the fact that, like, we got an animated episode of the comic is so cool. Oh, yeah. I want to see more of that. Yeah, if they if they decide to animate like oh dude, okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, the next one's called Boyd in 3D. This one is in the style of like French animation, if you will. Looks like a French comic kind of. But the general idea is that Vought has an experimental cream that they give to Boyd after I know like Boyd is kind of trying to look more attractive for his neighbor that he's he wants to be with. Um, turns out that like the, the cream makes you look like how you think you should look muscular and, you know, a chiseled jaw and a, you know, basically changes your physical appearance. Um, he ends but it's up, only temporary. It is only temporary. Yes. Uh, so he, he falls in love, like he goes to cherry, who's the next door neighbor and they, they fall in love one, you know, they, well, they have a date, they fuck. And then she goes to the bathroom, finds the cream, puts it on in one of her favorite, um, filters on whatever the Vought version of Instagram is. Uh, she ends up looking like that, which is like like a cat girl, like ears and nose and a tail of the, of a cat. Um, they become mega fucking famous, the spokespersons for uh the cream, and uh, but they they fall out of love and they become too superficial to the point that they lose their entire sponsorship with Vought. And in one night of fighting for the last piece of this Vought cream, um, they eventually turn back into themselves and drift apart. And then one day he's in his he's in his room, he's upset, gets a knock on his door, and Cherry's there with a piece of his mail. They look at each other as they look naturally and fall back in love. Oh, and then we have a Black Mirror twist. <laughs> The cream didn't actually work, and it was killing Boyd in the chair the entire episode. Oh, so funny. Yeah. His face was melting off and shit. It was, it was wild. It was amazing. So, um, yeah, I spoiled that one, but I don't, whatever. I don't fucking care. Um, it wasn't as good. I liked it. Didn't love it. I liked it, didn't love it. I'd give it a C. That's where that's where I'm sitting on it. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, not one I want to watch again, but I did like the Black Mirror twist. Uh, the next one is called BFFs. It stars, or it's written by Aquafina, stars Aquafina. Um, and it's in the style of like a Korean animated movie or animated short cartoon, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's where I'd put it anyway. But the general plot is Sky, voice by Aquafina, uh, is trying to get weed and gets in the car with a shady guy who crashes into a uh, pet store, specifically, I think, a fish pet store. Uh, is freaking yeah, out. because he, he's trying to get away from the deep because yeah. he saw a billboard of the deep. Right. Uh, Sky mm. gets a briefcase hit to the back of her head, and she sees some compound V on the floor. She picks it up and pockets it. She's dropped off by the guy who still thinks he's running from the deep and uh, goes home upset, also high, because there's a whole scene where they're high, uh, takes the entire vial of Compound V. Uh, she wakes up in the morning, has to take a shit, or at least she thinks she does, farts a giant cloud in the bathroom, suddenly has a approximately six-inch to seven-inch tall uh, sentient little... turd with a marble that she swallowed when she was a kid for its one eye and a piece of corn for its ear. And there was a little string of something sticking out of its butthole. I thought it was a worm. I don't know. <laughs> but a turd that decided to name itself Areola because it was a fan of that name. Yeah. Because Are... it had the exact same thoughts as Sky. That was the thing. I had the same memories and everything as Sky. Um, so Vought like finds out about this and goes and, and takes uh, Ariola. She she was in there. She she gets back in because she said she lost her inhaler. Breaks Sky out, flushes her down the toilet. Uh, sorry, Ariola down the toilet. Uh, to which the deep like tracks them to the sewer. Tracks them to the sewer, and Ariola tells Sky while the deep is like standing in front of her. Um, I'm not the one with the power. You're the one with the power. You've had the power this entire time. That's when Sky realizes that her superpower, thanks to Compound V, is controlling poop to create sentient poop. Yep. To which the deep goes, <laughs> fuck this. This is, and gets this the is hell. fucked up. <laughs> it gets hit in the eye with a shit-covered butt plug, too. <laughs> That's right. A shit-covered butt plug. <laughs> Oh my god, it was so fun. I was dude, I was cracking up. The whole episode that it was leading up to was okay, but that ending fucking was too good. Yeah. It was too fucking good. But um yeah, like oh dude. Uh I just gotta say, Aquafina, your humor. Wow. Respect. Very much so, yeah. Hundred percent. I, I, I think I'm gonna give the episode a B plus because it was like a solid B minus until the shit cover butt plug hitting, hitting yeah. him in the eye. <clears throat> yeah, I, I have to echo that. I was going to say a B plus as well. Yeah. Um, now the next one. <laughs> Nubian versus Nubian. Written by Aisha Tyler. This one is anime inspired, according to this. Um, it didn't look anime inspired? Uh, the thing I'm looking at says it's the animation style of the boondocks. Sure. I mean, yeah, I would say I would say American attempt at anime style. That's where I'd go with it. So like the Boondocks was that, uh 
Last Airbender was that. Like, I can see the... Yeah, whatever. Anyway. Uh, so the general plot is that these two soups um, have had their entire lives staged out for them by Vought, uh, including a, a villain voiced by Don, John DiMaggio, which I love. Um, and even he was, you know, hired to fight them, to make them fall in love. But their marriage was orchestrated by Vought the entire their entire relationship their entire life and they've very much fallen out of love uh one of the funniest bits was the dad played by Don Tito by the way um uh he walks in there and he's talking to his daughter and he says you know your mother and I love each other very much we're not getting a divorce I want you to get some sleep and don't worry about anything. We're going to be fine. And then, and then Aisha Tyler, as the mom walks in and goes, so I want to let you know, honey, your dad and I are getting a divorce like immediately after. Yeah. And then she said, yeah, but that motherfucker is going to be buying you a pony. So it'll be okay. <laughs> That's right. Also fucking John DiMaggio is, was hilarious as that role. Like, yeah, yeah, he was like fucking get inside. I don't want, I don't want anyone to see. I don't want anyone to think I'm a pedo. And he was like, fuck you, Tyler. I'm not a pedo. <laughs> to the guy across the street. I don't remember the guy's name, so I'm just saying Tyler. Brian, I think it Brian. was. Um, but yeah, it was... Like, I don't even was... have fingers. How can I be a pedo? <laughs> he like tries to open a soda can and can't. It was, oh, it was so funny. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the little girl basically convinces him to fight his parents so they can fall back in love. And it worked kind of because the little girl, little girl realized very quickly that them getting divorced was probably for the better. And so the last shot of the episode is her being like, here's the divorce papers. You two please sign. (laughs) And I want that motherfucking pony. And I want that motherfucking pony. Uh, I'm going to give that one a a solid B minus. Yeah, it was fine. It was okay. It was, it was, it has some yeah. funny moments, but overall it's forgetful, forgettable. I agree. A B minus sounds fair. Yeah. So number seven, um, had probably one of the more down to earth and touching plots and written by somebody you wouldn't expect. So I'm going to describe the episode and then I'll tell you who it was written by and you'll be shocked. By the way, this is inspired by Korean drama and horror, but it's too people uh john and soon soon he john and soon he are married soon he has cancer she is going to die john in a frantic attempt to save his wife's life as a janitor for vaught he steals some compound v and he injects his wife with it suddenly she is given powers uh to which kill the vaught agents that come to take her and likely kill John. They are escaping. She needs him to pull over. She gets out of the car. The um, the compound V didn't just give her powers. It gave her cancer powers, which also was a tumor. Look like it detaches itself from her body, effectively curing her of the cancer. But now it is a monster. And it has killed a lot of people and a lot of creatures. And there's this very touching moment where he's driving away with her or he wants to drive away. And she says, no, John, you have to let me go. You have to let me go solve this problem. 
I know that you love me. And he's like, I just got you back. I can't lose you again. And she's like, it doesn't matter. I have to go solve this. And she runs into the forest and fights the creature and the episode ends. And it's very touching. <laughs> Pretty sad. And written by Andy Samberg. The fuck? Yeah. The hell did that come from? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, very touching. Uh, very sad. Very sad. Uh, beautifully illustrated. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I really liked this one a lot. Oh, and it was great. It was one. Oh, it was fantastic. I, I, I give this one an A. Yeah, understand an A. It didn't blow me away. It's it's not like it's one of the episodes I would definitely use to get somebody to watch the show. Yeah. Um, depending on the type of person they are. But unexpected, completely unexpected. Like oh, no everything doubt. everything leading up to this point was an attempt at comedy. Some less than others, but it was an attempt at comedy. Um, and this and one not a drop, not a not comedy. a drop of comedy. But I liked I liked that that kind of area that it took because that exemplifies the boys. You know, if you watch season one and two, it's not all funny. It's not all like some dude with a giant dick that he can control. You know, sometimes it's it's Billy realizing or Butcher realizing that he can't be around this kid, you know, or or whatever. Because he hates soup so much, you know, and so his wife like doesn't want to be around him. You get that sad moment. And that's kind of what this reminded me of. It was like that, you know, boys isn't always going to be fucking... Ha ha ha, they have a shitty power. Sometimes it's gonna be scary, sometimes it's gonna be funny, and sometimes it's gonna be sad. So uh and the last episode of the season is called One Plus One Equals Two. Uh written by Simon Rakopa. Not exactly sure who that is. Uh probably a writer for the boys, because this is the mo more this this definitely takes place for sure within the boys continuity. Um and this the animation style for this one was very much like modern superhero cartoon. Um but it stars everybody that is in the show that's in the boys like um uh well, it has Giancarlo Esposito. Thank you. I was trying to, as, I was was trying to find the fucking thing. It has Stan Edgar. has Elizabeth Shue back as Madeline Stilwell. Anthony Starr as Homelander. Um, but yeah, it's also, so. it's, it's, it's the story is about when Homelander first joins the Seven. And his first, as, as, uh, essentially his first mission. And how fucking terrible it went. Uh, and a lot but, of that, it also gives you a lot of insight into why he is the way he is. Yes, that's what I was going to say, is that the, the trauma and stress that he suffered from the training and, and everything they put him through, uh, you get to see that come out full force. And how, how destructive it actually was. But you also get to see kind of how, like, Vought 
and the other members of the seven cover each other's backs, have each other's backs when it comes to those mistakes. And uh, it's wild. Like, it's not anything you didn't know before, per se. But you definitely get to see Homelander's first mission. And very, very much worth watching. Uh, and I don't want to spoil any of it. No, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to say what happens in it. But I just, you know, it's it's good. It's very good. Um, I would say this one. I'd say this one. Uh, the the comic one that Garth Ennis wrote. I'm your pusher. And the last one, John and Soon-He, I think are my three favorites. Uh, I would say, obviously, the, the, the one written by Garth Ennis, the comic book one. Um, the one written by uh, Justin Roiland. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'll say number, I'll say eight, yeah, were my favorites. I didn't like... Uh, like I did, I did, I didn't want to put John, John and Sunhi at the in the top three, uh, for a couple of reasons, but because I think that well, I, th- I am, I think touching. the Justin Roiland one is so fucking funny. Oh, it is hilarious. But um, but yeah, I uh, did we give a grade to the last one? We didn't. I'm gonna give it an A. A minus for me. Okay. Um. But yeah, so that's that's the boys diabolical. Uh, it's eight anthology. I hope they keep it going. I really do. I think uh, this idea is so fucking cool. Uh, I, I like this idea because when you have something like the boys, which you know shouldn't just be focused on a handful of characters. There should be more characters that we see. There's There's got to be more in the world that exists. I love the idea behind it. I love exploring, like... Because other than the comic book episode, all of these exist within the show. It's all, it's all in a way, continuity. And so I just love that. I think it's, I think it's fun, so... Big fan of Diabolical. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. If you're a fan of the boys, check it out. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, agreed. agreed. So, all right, I think that's gonna do us do it for us this week. I can't even do the outro well. Like I couldn't do the intro well. Um, next week we're gonna be reviewing the finale of Marvelous Miss Maisel, uh, which are episodes seven and eight. Very excited about that. I feel like there's gonna be tears. So, I'm prepared as best as best I can be. Um, we're also going to be reviewing the film The Trevor Project, starring Ryan Reynolds on Netflix, uh, which I believe comes out the same day this episode drops. So there's that. No. Wait. Yes. Yes. Because today's the 9th. And then Friday's when the, or the 11th. Is the episode. Anyway, both things come out on the 11th. My brain can't handle certain things. Um, make sure you follow us on the socials listed below. Um, that's what we're trying to let you guys know if we add anything to the show. I doubt it, but you know, that's where it'll be. Uh, make sure you check out our Teespring store. Um, you can get, uh, some merch with our cartoon faces on it. Uh, also all proceeds from that go right into the podcast. So helps us out in the long run. Um, also if you buy something from us, let us know on social media so we can give you a big old, big old 
thanks and a kiss virtual kiss <clears throat> i was gonna kiss. say a virtual high five but no i give him a kiss on the cheek um with your consent of course uh this coming from a person who doesn't like to be touched exactly exactly uh make sure you check out the youtube channel i've been uploading a few reviews here and there um I got the Cuphead Show review and the Peacemaker Season 1 review up. Uh, also, give it a follow. Or no, it does not follow. It's a subscribe. And uh, like the episodes of the podcast. Helps us out. Uh, other than that, yeah, I don't have anything in my notes. My work of folks find you. You can find me on Facebook under my name. Pardon me. I had to clear my throat. Um you can catch me on the podcast called Figure Banging on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel every other Wednesday night. Uh, this week we looked at the new Fans Toys Soundwave. Uh, pretty great looking action figure if you're into cartoon accuracy. Um, but it also has some great accessories to make it more like the toy version of the, gen- of the original uh, 1984 Soundwave toy. So very cool uh figure uh check that review out we had a lot of fun choking around on there uh but yeah that's uh that's that's you know where you can find me what about you greg where can people find you you can find me under all socials under chop rocky you can also find me doing stuff with my buddy anthony over on mission star podcast or mission star tubes i haven't done anything in a hot minute with him i probably should um but yeah, if we do video game stuff over there, so if that's something you're into, check that out. Um, again, thank you to the Nirvana, Nirvana Network for having us a part of the network. Uh, this is very exciting. Uh, I can't wait to see if we, you know, what we do in the future. You know, kind of intermingle, get to know everybody. It's gonna be a good time. It's like a little party. It's like a virtual party that we're a part of now. It's great. Um. But that's it. Again, Marvelous Miss Maisel, the finale next week. It's going to be exciting. I'm very excited for it. Uh, and The Trevor Project. I think this movie's going to be... There's a part of me that thinks this movie might suck. But yeah. You know, that's, that's cautious There's that optimism. potential. <laughs> There's that potential for it. Potential for suckage. Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.